The good news is forgiveness doesn't require mutual cooperation. Here's the fact. It takes two to reconcile, but only one to forgive. So you can't control the actions of somebody else, but you can control your own actions. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. The number one weapon Satan uses against the church is offenses, and the good news is Jesus taught us how to walk free of them. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us. Today, we're continuing the series, Disarming Your Giants, with a look at the giant of offense. You know, I've been a senior pastor for over 30 years now, and I can tell you for certain that offenses are Satan's most effective weapon against God's people. Jesus once said that it was inevitable that offenses would come. We all deal with them. Someone says or does something that hurts or angers us, and if we don't deal with that offense quickly, the offense will deal with us. This is a message you really don't want to miss, so grab your Bible and follow along as I share part two of the message, Disarming the Giant of Offense. look what it says. Because of this, many, because of this one offended person, many become defiled, affected, tainted, stained, skunked. I've seen so many Christians fall into this trap. They listen to the offended person without ever hearing the other side of the story. And if you counsel for more than a week, you realize quickly there's always another side. They listen to the offended person without ever hearing the other side of the story. Then they rush to judgment. The target of the evil report is tried and convicted in the court of public opinion without a fair trial. Happens all the time. Solomon warned about this. Listen to what Solomon said in Proverbs 18, 13. He who answers a matter before he hears the facts from both sides is a fool. It's a folly and a shame to him. If you answer a matter without hearing the other side, then it's a folly, it's shame, it's foolish, because you're never going to be able to deal with the real situation until you hear both. But people in the church are judged, prosecuted, and ostracized all the time without a hearing. Solomon says, now watch this, he warns that the words of this offended person have lethal power. Proverbs 18, verse 8 says, The words of a talebearer are as wounds. They go down into the innermost parts of the belly. What a lot of folks don't realize is that your soul can be wounded like your body. You can have your soul cut. It can bleed. It can be bruised. And when we listen to an offended person and don't use wisdom, that's why I wish God had given us ear lids as well as eyelids. Because if you had ear lids, you could just close them. 
Eyelids, you can close your eyes and say, I shouldn't look at that. But ear lids, you got to walk away. But he's saying, when you listen to the words of an offended person, they are first ingested, you take them in, and then they are digested. They literally become a part of you, what you heard. I was at a table one time with a group of well-known preachers. I was a little shot among big shots. That's the way I looked at it. That's why I didn't say much. These were well-known national people, and I was at the table. And so I was just listening to them. And it was kind of neat. We were fellowshipping. And all of a sudden, one of these preachers popped off. And he said something very damaging about a preacher that it just so happened I listened to every Sunday. This was back a while back. I listened to every Sunday before I went off to church. And they got me up. They got me excited. They got kind of got me stirred. It was just a little shot in the arm I gave myself every Sunday before I went off to church listening to this one preacher. And it was about that preacher that this other preacher popped off and said something very negative. Well, you know, I went about my business and went through the day. And a few weeks later, I'm driving to church and the Holy Spirit kind of eased up to me and said, Jeff, why aren't you listening to brother so-and-so? anymore. And of course, when the Lord asks you a question, it's always rhetorical. The answer is in the question. Okay. And I knew what he was saying and I knew exactly what he meant. When I heard what I heard without even being aware of it, I ingested it. I digested it. I began to view him through the lens of the evil report And it cut me off from listening to him. The power of an offended tongue. I found out that the preacher that said that about the other preacher had had an issue with him and had not settled it biblically. So he was carrying a bitterness against him. And it reached up. It defiled many. It defiled me. And I said, Lord, forgive me. I should never have listened to that. I shouldn't have put much credit to it. And immediately I got free. And the very next Sunday I was watching him again and being blessed like I used to be. One commentator writes, they, the offended gossiper, wound the reputation of the person of whom the tale is told. And they wound the person to whom it is told. And destroy his love and affection for his friend. We have to be so careful what we say about people. And all this damage flows from an offended soul. Now, I believe the giant of offense is the number one, the number one weapon against the church today. Churches regularly split over offenses, sometimes crazy offenses, the color of the carpet. They just split. That's why Kathy picks the carpet and I just leave it all alone. (laughs) Christian brethren, good friends, lifelong friends turn against one another over unresolved offenses. Christian families and organizations are divided over unresolved offenses. Marriages are destroyed regularly by the giant of offenses. And all of this while a skeptical world looks on. No wonder Jesus cared about this issue of offense. Are you offended today? Do you have an offense in your heart today? You say, well, yeah. Let me tell you how to disarm it. Because that's a giant. It's a Goliath. You remember Goliath taunted David. He made fun of David's God. 
He mocked David. He mocked the armies of God. Goliath. And he had the whole army paralyzed by fear. He paralyzed God's people. And that's what giants do. The devil can't stop you from being saved now that you're saved. But he can try to paralyze you and stop your effectiveness on earth. And I don't want to see that. Listen, a church that is free of giants, free of offense, is a great weapon in the hands of God. Amen. So Jesus told us how to break the lethal grip of the giant of offense. He gave us two ways. One is horizontal toward the offender, and the other is vertical towards God. So first, let me look at the horizontal. What do you do when somebody offends you? Jesus said, take it to the offender. He said in Matthew 18, 15, if your brother wrongs you, go and show him his fault between you and him privately. If he listens to you, you have won back your brother. Now, let me balance this for a second. You remember this counsel came from Jesus. And what was he talking about? Truly offended people. I don't believe that Matthew 18, 15 is meant to apply to every little conflict, every little rift that we have with people. I don't know about you, but if you're living in the real world, you're going to have a little conflict or a little rift with somebody every day. And I don't think he wants, if somebody doesn't say hello to you in the hall when you go by, I don't think he wants you to go to them and say, brother, I need to confront you. You know, I'm really hurt. Some people play their violin so much that violin is glued to their shoulder. That's not what he means. I believe, listen to what the Bible says. Good sense makes a man restrain his anger. And it is his glory to overlook. Can everybody say overlook with me? Overlook a transgression or an offense. So a lot of the things, the little rifts, the little conflicts we have with people, just little gnats flying around your head. It is not a Matthew 18, 15 situation. It is just overlook it. Well, I make mistakes too. Listen, if you can't get this way in your marriage, I pray for your marriage. Honey, you really offended me. You didn't clean out that coffee cup. No, just overlook it. Ah, you know, he misses the coffee cups all the time. He leaves his socks on the floor. You know, you know, come on. Life is bigger than socks on the floor. Overlook it. Just overlook it. Be big about it. It's your glory to overlook the petty stuff. Okay, just overlook it. Some people live on Petty Street, and they have a mansion in the cul-de-sac of Petty Street. They live there. They're always, oh, you know, poor me. Get over it. Now, here's when you know you're in a Matthew 18, 15. When you cannot get past it, you can't get over it, you can't get around it, you can't get away from it, you can't get through it. It haunts you. It eats at you like acid in your soul. Somebody said something, did something, and it is chewing on you. It is corrosive to your soul. You've tried to shake it. You've tried to fast, pray, name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, get over it. You can't. It's clinging to you. It's an offense. When whatever happened to you has made you trip and fall on the road of your journey, when it is affecting your ability to have a relationship with this person, your spouse, your coworker, your boss, whoever, significant person in your life, when your prayer life is hindered, your fighting bitterness and your peace is gone, 
This is when Jesus' advice comes in, take it to the offender. There's nothing more you can do. Now, he gives very clear, simple instructions for confrontation. I'm going to tell you, I don't like confrontation. I will do anything to avoid confrontation. But if I have to confront, I will, if it's going to settle something and set me free. So you can you confront. First, Jesus said, go to them privately. Your offense is not initially for public consumption. It, it is not supposed to be on the 6 o'clock news. It is not supposed to be traveling through the church grapevine, which is the greatest and most effective grapevine on the earth. If you want everybody to know about something, tell a few people in the church. It will move through the whole church in an hour's time. It'll be Facebooked. It'll be tweeted. It will be telephoned. It will be texted. It will be, you know the story. People know about your stuff before you know about your stuff. He said, you keep it, the offense, initially, you keep it confined to the offender and maybe a confidential prayer partner. Maybe just a confidential, hey, you're my prayer partner. You're mature. You can handle this. I'm going to so-and-so to talk to them. The golden rule of offense is this. When you're offended, if somebody is not a part of the problem or a part of the solution, it's none of their business. It's not their business. Oh, Pastor Jeff, I just want to share the burden. I want to put a prayer request out there. You know what you mean by that. That's an excuse to go gossip. I know you're not going to be jumping up and shouting me down on this point. That's okay. But, you know, nine times out of ten when somebody calls and says, listen, I don't mean to bother you, but i got a real prayer burden. Did you know that so-and-so, da-da-da-da-da-da-da? If they're not a part of the problem, they're not involved in it, or they're not a part of the solution, they can't fix it, then don't tell them. Now, second, he said, show him his fault. In the original, this reads, reprove or expose his error. That means you sit down with this person and you say, brother, sister, you did this. This is what happened. Now, I'm not here to point a finger at you. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to explain that this thing you did or said hurt me. Now, if they're a child of God, if they love the Lord, the Spirit of God is in them, nine times out of ten, they're going to go, gosh, I didn't know I did that, and I am so sorry that that hurt you. Please forgive me. I apologize. And you know what happens right then? You have canceled a satanic assignment. Right there. Notice it's been stopped in its tracks before other people know about it, before it becomes a gossip situation in a church. It has been stopped in its tracks. And Jesus said, if he hears you, you've gained your brother. The relationship has been saved. Now, I know what you're thinking, but what if he doesn't want to settle it? Can I give you a newsflash? Some Christians are ornery. Some Christians don't want to fix things. Some Christians don't want to reconcile. So what do you do when somebody says, you know what? If that's what happened to you, I intended to do it, and I wish I'd have done it twice as bad. So see you later. There's the door. Now, if they do that, what do you do? Well, horizontal didn't work. Jesus said then you take it vertical towards God. Now, let me give you some good news. The good news is forgiveness doesn't require mutual cooperation. Forgiveness doesn't require them being angelic towards you. If somebody doesn't want to reconcile, here's the fact. It takes two to reconcile 
but only one to forgive. Isn't that powerful? So you can't control the actions of somebody else, but you can control your own actions. And if they don't want to forgive, they want to walk in bitterness. They want their relationship with God affected. That's their business. That's up to them. But you can forgive without their cooperation. Jesus never required reconciliation, but he did require forgiveness. He said, you are to pray this way. Forgive me my debts as I forgive my debtors. Sometimes you can't work it out. It's not possible. Sometimes the person that you need to forgive has died. Do you know what? That you can forgive somebody who has died. You can forgive a parent. You can forgive a person who abused you, who wronged you. You can forgive them in the presence of God without them being there. You don't need mutual cooperation. Maybe the person's out of touch. They've moved away. Or maybe it's even dangerous for you to get in the presence of that person. You can still forgive. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, how do I do that? Because you know what? I don't feel like forgiving. Well, duh. You're mad, you're angry, you're hurt, you're offended. The last thing that's going to wash over you is this incredible desire to forgive somebody. Where are they? I want to hug them. That's not going to happen. So how do I forgive if I don't feel it? It's easy. You don't have to feel it. You only have to obey Jesus who said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Can I tell you something about life and you and the way that God wired you? We think I've got to feel it to act on it. The fact is, if you act on it, you will feel it. Actions produce feelings. If you're waiting for the feeling to come, you may wait till Jesus comes. Because the feeling, the overwhelming desire to do it, isn't there. But obedience is not based on a feeling. It's based on a decision of your will. And you can decide to do something no matter how you feel. I was telling the early service, I said, you know, I woke up this morning and I didn't feel like preaching the early service. I got up and I said, Kathy, I don't feel like preaching the early service. She said, well, guess what? You're the preacher. So, so I got up, I obeyed God. Yes, she's right. I'm the preacher. I got dressed, got ready. And you know what? Now I could preach two more times today. I feel wired to preach right now. Feeling follows actions. I'm actually telling you, fake it till you make it. <laughs> now, the tool that God has given you to disarm the giant of offense is in between your two sets of teeth. I want everybody to do this with me. <laughs> oh, I wish I had a video of that. <laughs> Tongue talkers, the whole church. Send it out on YouTube. That tongue... Listen carefully. That tongue is the most powerful thing in your life. Watch. James said, a person who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. What a statement. By the power of the tongue, we are able to exercise total self-control. Self-control begins and ends with the tongue. So I don't believe that. It's true because the Bible says it's true. James gives us two powerful illustrations. Watch this. He said, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we turn the whole animal. 
Or take ships as an example. Although they're so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants it to go. You've got this mighty, snorting, powerful, strong horse, but he is turned by a little bit in his mouth. You've got a ship that is being blown by stormy winds, but the winds don't dictate which direction it goes. The rudder underneath the water you can't even see decides the direction it goes. And James said, so is the tongue. You can be getting blown by the strong winds of your offense, your emotions, your wounded heart. But if you start saying what God wants you to say, you turn the whole ship the direction it should go. You say, well, what do you mean? What should I do? Nike came up with the phrase, just do it. James' phrase is, just say it. What do I say? It won't be easy at first if you're offended. I? Forgive them. First time, it's hard because you're going, I'm not letting them off the hook. They deserve my wrath. They deserve the look. If I let them off the hook, nothing's going to happen to them. That's where you're wrong. Because God says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. That's another topic. But what do you have to do to get free? You say, I forgive them. I forgive them. And it gets easier. I forgive them. (laughs) I forgive them. I forgive them. And right about then, the giant of offense is going, no, 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 no. Because he sees he's losing the game. I forgive them. Before you know it, you're praying for them. Lord, I pray you make them whole. I pray you lead them into the truth. And before, folks, the giant of offense cannot stand in the presence of the wisdom of God's word. And the wisdom of God's word is that you say it. And as you begin to say it, your ship, though it's being driven by fierce winds, is turned into the peaceful waters, the harbor of forgiveness. Your whole life will line up to what you're saying. Well, I hope today's message helped you in dealing with the offenses in your own life or armed you for the day when you are offended. Nothing is more important than our staying free in Jesus, particularly regarding offenses and Satan's attempt to develop a root of bitterness in our hearts. And you know, Life Talk has an abundance of resources available for you at our Life Talk website. You'll find a large archive of past messages free to download, as well as other helpful materials. Just go to lifetalkradio.us. That's lifetalkradio.us. We would love to have you visit. And don't miss next time where I'll be talking about disarming the giant of anger. Until then, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff, and if you appreciate the straightforward Bible teaching you hear on Life Talk Radio, you can help us continue to be a voice of truth on this station. Call toll-free at 877-884-3111 
or go online to lifetalkradio.us anytime, day or night, and make a donation to empower Life Talk to continue transforming lives with the power of the gospel. Call 877-884-3111 or go online to lifetalkradio.us and give your best gift today. Disarming the Giant of Offense is the third message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Disarming Your Giants. You can own a copy of this 10 CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to livetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Disarming Your Giants, for only $50 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wigwire. To find out more about Dr. Wigwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener supported ministry. We exist to bring God's word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.